Welcome to All In Uncensored with Ryan and Brian. James just said, thanks for having me in for the lucky one. Lucky number 13. 13. Episode 13. There it is. This is awesome. Welcome to our All In Uncensored episode 13 with James Upchurch today. Howdy, howdy. Welcome, James. Thanks. We're excited to appreciate uh, you having me in. Yeah, we're excited to dig in with you today. This is fun. I'm excited. Bridge the gap. Cool. James has been a buddy of mine now for what, 15, 18 years ish? Going on that, yeah. I was invited to his wedding and uh, we didn't know each other. It's true. Uh, my father in law invited him and invited Ryan. And um, the only thing I knew from the wedding was that he was there and that he and one of his business partners bought us a really expensive crystal bowl. <laughs> and I remember opening it and thinking, what in the world are we going to do with this thing? <laughs> I'm not even sure I talked to Ryan at the wedding, but he was there and I'm, I'm sure he enjoyed the reception because it seemed like most people did. So what did you juice? actually end up doing with Blue it? Juice. Um, it's probably still in the box somewhere in my house. I have some of those from my wedding from 24 years Same ago. Here. Yeah. 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 It's sitting with our China, I'm sure. Untouched. Untouched. So that's when we met. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where you came from. <laughs> We've got to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So let's not go back that far. Yeah. Let's not go back that far. Um, I was a military kid growing up. Uh, I was born here in Tacoma, uh, lived in Germany for a while, did a stint in South Carolina in middle school. Um, so moved around a little bit, but spent most of my life here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, living in Gig Harbor, went to college up at University of Washington, got my degree up there in business. Um, and then spent about 18 years of my life uh, working for a company doing sales and living my life in the corporate world and uh, growing that business for those 18 years. And then uh, made a switch about just over five years ago to uh, to being a general contractor, be doing some construction, building homes. And it was a big shift. That's the reason why you're in here. That's that's what I suspected. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't think good. it was for my good looks. We, we want to talk about you and how you became a home builder and, and a little bit about what you're seeing in the market now. Great. But let's rewind a little bit back to your, your days of selling swag. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I look in my closet these days <laughs> and I'm sure yours is a lot more than mine. Probably. But in my closet, at least half of my wardrobe <laughs> came from your old company. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk about LR, for example. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I guess a little context as to what this previous company was. It was a company called Codis Design, and we did uh, promotional products and uh, custom branded apparel. Um, you know, so that encompassed everything from, as you're alluding to, uh, shirts and uh, sweatshirts and uh, hats and et cetera, for uh, everything from our camping trip, LR, Lincoln Rock. Uh, we've been doing that for quite some number of years now, and every year we've made shirts for the camping trip. So it spanned the gamut from that to, um, you know, producing uh, logoed stuff for companies. We did a lot of work with Alaska Airlines. Um, that was one of my big clients. So uh, we outfitted their company store, um, a lot of marketing materials, et cetera. We did fulfillment programs, but um, a very different world than I live in now. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that tied into what you're doing now? And how did you become a builder? Sure. Um, you know, I think, the biggest takeaway from my time at CODIS that's helped uh, with the transition was really just on the business side of stuff. Um, at CODIS, I was there from from the start and uh, was fortunate enough to 
be a part of building a company from uh, literally working out of a fraternity bedroom with uh, with one other person and selling T-shirts to girls in the Greek system at University of Washington. <laughs> um, you know, I'm growing the business from that uh, to a $55 million a year company with warehouses, several warehouses across the country and uh, over 200 headcount. Um, so going through that process and watching the, you know, the struggles and the joys of building a business was was really helpful and kind of gave me the the confidence to strike out and say, hey, you know, I can I can go out and do this again with a in a totally different industry, totally different field. Um, but to kind of just have the confidence and willingness to make that leap and go for it. So that's pretty awesome that I'm this is the first time I'm hearing this. So oh, okay. it's, like, <laughs> it's cool because Ryan and I have struck out on our own. Absolutely. And now we're building from basically scratch and we're going to try to scale up. So absolutely. It's going to be awesome to be able to lean on you around your campfire and give totally. us pointers on scaling. So yeah. Well, great. there you go. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. That's neat. So mostly what you're building is single family residence. Absolutely. Yeah. That's been our, our main focus. Um, we started a uh, contour in uh, 2019, January of 19. Um, you know, we got our start. Our first project was actually in a, an attached single family structure. So it was two, two homes, but they shared a wall. Um, and then most of what we've done thus far has been, like you said, just single family residences, uh, with a little bit in multifamily, a couple of duplexes, a fourplex, and, uh, we are getting ready to strike out on a, uh, uh, an apartment project that we're, uh, very excited and very nervous for. I've seen the project. Yeah. It was pouring down rain. I stayed in the car. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good place to be. <laughs> you, you jumped out and had to go move some visqueen. Move some visqueen and throw some straw on the ground because uh, that is that is the the gloriousness that is a general contractor. Is you do a bunch of. Well, I tell people I'm a glorified garbage man. I, I drive around job site to job site and pick up the trash and take you know take the dump trailers to the dump and sweep up the floors for sweep the, the floors. Sludge, yeah. yeah, man, it's just uh, it's a lot of babysitting and a lot of cleaning. So being a general contractor, you're building houses for, for spec and you're selling those for the most part. I Correct. know you've, you've dabbled in a little bit of, um, rehab and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, do you like to do that? And actually, what is your perfect build? What's your perfect house? Like if, if you could do this a thousand more times, sure. what's, what's your ideal? Well, uh, kind of a two prong answer. There's, there's an ideal from what I enjoy the most. And there's an ideal from what I think is, um, most scalable. And, uh, I don't want to say the easiest, that's really not the right way to think of it, but, um, the most fluid, the most consistent, um, what we really enjoy are what we call custom specs. So it's, uh, not an entry level home. It's, uh, you know, kind of a higher end home. Uh, we've done several of these on bigger pieces of property, bigger mm. homes, um, you know, a lot more upgrades. And we really enjoy those. They have a little bit of a slower cadence to the project. It's not as um, chaotic, if you will. And it provides us with a lot of opportunity to um, put our own touch into into these homes and uh, self-perform some of the, you know, some of the upgrades. And, um, you know, we when we approach a project like, like that, we try to find 10 things throughout the build that we can put our hands on and do that, you um, set it apart from what else is out there on the market. Hmm. And I think that's important once you start uh, touching on those higher price points and those types of buyers. And we just really enjoy it because uh, my business partner, Chris and I uh, have a lot of fun just goofing around, turning on the music, uh, you know, doing flooring, doing stonework, doing, you know, custom shelving, doing whatever that looks like. It's a lot of fun. He's a funny one. He, <laughs> yes, he is. He, he sent me a text the other day 
He was deep diving on my Instagram account. Okay. And he goes, it's really strange how many videos I've watched of you now. And it's another great day. <laughs> and he sends me a screenshot of one. I was like, what are you doing? He's yeah. Like, and then he sends me another screenshot. He's got his lovely picture of him. Without clothes on? Yes. Yeah, okay. I was, was going to ask about that. You, you don't see dinglings or anything, but you... <laughs> oh, you got lucky then. It's all glory. I'm like, bro. Yeah. That, we share a birthday? That's enough. That's enough. We don't need to share these intimate photos also. Yeah. yeah. Um, share the birthday, but not the birthday suit. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Keep, keep the suit in private. He's, so. a, he's he's awesome. I love Chris Valley. Yes. Yes, sir. He's a he's a good good guy to have on your team, and uh, we we have a ton of fun. Um, so, you know, so that's, that's one component of, you know, like I said, that's where I think we enjoy our time and our, um, mm -hmm. what those types of builds are a lot of fun. Um, somewhere that I see being more scalable, more predictable, more fluid, like I mentioned, um, the entry level spec home is if it's that it's, you know, it's, you s develop a system, you get your processes in place, and then you're able to easily replicate that time and time again. Um, and so I, I see that as kind of the you know, the, the meat and potatoes of what we're going to do for the next probably five years and, uh, have a lot of spec builds coming up, entry-level spec builds. Um, and then our hope and what we've talked about is, you know, kind of our longer term plans. Let's get through the property that we currently have, build those spec homes, and then shift to maybe doing like two of the custom specs as yeah. we call them, um, per year, because we just absolutely love it and have a good time with it. So, are you guys looking to maybe get into any larger plot developments where you build? You've got like ten or twelve builds in one plot. Yeah, so that's that's kind of when I say work through the property that we have. That's exactly what we're talking about. Okay. So we've got um, three different plots that we're waiting on right now, um, all in Kitsap County, and Kitsap County, uh, as a municipality, is very slow. And so we're waiting on uh, wait not literally waiting on the county to do their thing, but we've got. A 17 lot plat, a nine lot short plat, and a 22 lot plat. Oh, perfect! That we're working on right yeah. now, and and that's been interesting. This has been my first time really going through the full gamut of the development process and the plat process, and um, it at times it's drinking from a fire hose and uh, learning on the fly. But um, again, having gone through building a business in the past and doing going through that process of kind of like just flying by the seat of your pants and learning as you go is pretty familiar. So I've kind of done the opposite of you. So I came from the dirt world and construction. Okay. Yeah. So I graduated with a degree in geology. Okay. Went into work, uh, the geotechnical engineering firm out of Kirkland. Great. Worked on Northwest Landing, Redmond Ridge, all those when they were wow. just in their infancy. Wow. Yeah. Those are big yeah, plats. Big plats. Yeah. yeah. Big underground utilities, retention ponds, that kind of thing. Yep. So I kind of understand what you're going through sure. with like some of the initial permitting and planning and yeah. some of the extra work you have to do. Yeah. Is that too close or something? It's rubbing. Oh. We don't want rubbing. <laughs> Rubbing's racing. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do yeah. that route. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you touched a little bit on, on uh, custom specs. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing custom homes? We have. For people. We've done, uh, let's see, three of those now. Three? I think three. We've done three customs and... Um, nothing wrong with customs. It's just a very different process. Um, when you're dealing with homeowners, um, especially homeowners that are building, you know, kind of their forever home, mm -hmm. there's a lot of expectation and hope and enthusiasm and emotion just wrapped up in that project for them. And um, that adds a lot of time, a lot of uh, handholding, um, a lot of changes throughout the process. So I think 
my preference is to leave the custom homes to a custom home builder. Yeah. I just think that uh, the it's better for the client and it's better for us, right? Like, you know what? I heard, uh, so I have a realtor friend who's in construction and development. Okay. And he's, and we did, a, I think we did a, a major rehab. I mean, they turned this two bedroom home in Ruston into like this 5,000 square foot view home. But the realtor told his, um, his clients, you guys need to go to marriage counseling before you start this project. Yes. So when you said custom home with a lot of emotion, I'm thinking, do you recommend marriage counseling? First? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're single, go to marriage counseling. Because <laughs> <Yeah. I mean, laughs> it, it is, it's super stressful. You know, yeah. and I, I well, they're, you, they're married to you for, for a, a year. year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's, you know, you're sitting there at eight 30 on in the evening with your family and you're getting texts and pictures and calls and, uh, hey, I just, uh, I just came across this on Pinterest and I really want to incorporate this into our home now. And it's like, okay, well, it's great. Well, we just finished that part of the project yesterday. So now we're going to start over and scrap it. And Yeah, I can imagine building a home is one thing. Building a home with the homeowners, it, it's a completely different ballgame. It really is. Um, you know, one of the things that we have, Chris and I have talked about in relation to that is, you know, the difference between a custom home and what we're calling the custom specs is, um, let's say the flooring that you had ordered ends up being out of stock or on back order. It's real easy for us on a custom spec say, bummer, but it's real easy to just pivot real quick and say, okay, we're gonna pick this other similar product and go with it. Whereas when a homeowner has now fallen in love with materials and finishes or you know whatnot, it, it's not as easy to pivot and pick something different. And it's, again, that that's where that emotion comes in, that it's a real big bummer to the homeowner yeah. and they get frustrated and you know we have to, kind of take the lashing for it as the general contractor they don't know you know they don't see that oh well you know it's a supply chain issue or it's especially going through covid like holy cow i would imagine that's what i was going to say over the last few years this this covid and and so many supplies a shortage absolutely that's that's got to be a nightmare that was a nightmare we we were doing a couple two of the three customs we did were throughout covid and um you know so that getting the material and the other thing that was just wild through covid was uh the price price increases that we were seeing um, yeah, lumber skyrocketed, didn't it? Oh my gosh, lumber went out of control. Everything, I mean, um, I mean, drywall, conduit, uh, lumber, I, just across the board, costs were going up. And not only were they going up, but they they were repeatedly going up. So you know, we may be used to seeing uh, two price increases a year from the drywall supplier. Um, if I remember correctly, I think that we saw nine separate price increases in one calendar year. Um, in the middle of COVID. So that's wow. insane. Um, you know, so you've got these homeowners that again are super emotionally invested in what they're doing and we're having to try and develop a budget for them and then stay within that budget and, or communicate with them why, Hey, that number we gave you eight months ago, isn't going to happen anymore. It's like it's, yeah, more. It is drastically different yeah. now. And I have no control over that. Um, sorry, sorry, but yeah, we can we, stop the build. We are where we are and we yeah. just, you know, all we can do is react the best that we can. And that, that was challenging. Well, what advice would you give somebody going out and saying they want to build their own house? Mm-hmm. Um, give it, give kind of a, a start to finish. What do they have to look for? Just start starting with looking for the land, going to utilities, mm-hmm. plans and specs, and that's actually a really good question, quick, Ryan, because we we come across a lot of clients. Hey, I want to find my own piece of land and build my own house. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get a little hesitant with that, but maybe you can elaborate. I yeah. know it's not your bread and butter, but you deal with oh, I you deal, deal with, with the whole process from beginning to end. Right. And, you know, I have the unique perspective because I'm out there looking for land for stuff to build, too. So even if it's not a custom, you know, I'm real familiar with the process of what 
what you need to look for and be mindful of and the, the things that can jump up and scare you along the way that you may not have expected. Um, I mean, it all starts with finding the right land. That's, that's super important. And I think that uh, getting connected with a really good real estate agent and somebody who knows the area you're looking in and, um, and hopefully somebody who's probably worked with builders before and has at least watched the process um, of, of a raw land deal move forward into construction. Um, you know, so you got to find the right land and utilities is a big one for that. Um, that can get really expensive. Yes. You know, if you're in a city and you're, you're dealing with sewer and public water and stuff like that, um, utility fees have gotten really expensive. So, um, you know, starts with the land. And also, I mean, I guess the first thing I would tell them is be ready to spend money. Like yeah. you have to be ready to spend money before the process even starts, before the process even starts. And, you know, when people get, I've had clients that have, um, bought property and uh wanted to develop it and so we help them walk through okay you need to you know get with a geotech you need to get with a surveyor and they're like well why do we need to spend you know three thousand dollars on a survey when and it's like well because we got to know where the property is and what you know we're required to have those corners you and those make, dimensions you gotta do a wetland study make sure there's no wetlands absolutely you got to get your environmental yeah. study done yeah. there's there's just a lot of little components along the way that um you know each one individually may not be a huge deal but once you start throwing all these things together especially again with a homeowner now it, it adds up really quickly. Um, and a big difference is when you're dealing with a homeowner, they're spending their own money. You know, developers, contractors, when we're building stuff, it mentally feels a lot different when you're spending, quote unquote, your company's money. And it may, you know, at the end of the day, it's all our money anyway, because we, you know, we own the company. Um, but it, it provides you that kind of mental buffer between the two. And when you're dealing with homeowners who are spending their own money, it's a lot more emotional. Well, like you said earlier, you know, they picked out a floor that's now on back order. Yeah. And you either stop the build or they need to pick something different. Right. As just a, a spec builder of your own, you just pivot. Exactly. You're yeah. able to quickly change. And yeah. Um, and I think that's the, I guess your question, you know, going back to it of what, what advice would I give is get real comfortable with the idea again of spending money mm -hmm. and that, um, what you think you're going to spend probably isn't going to cover it. I think in, in the buyer's minds from my experience in dealing with people, they think they're going to buy a piece of land and then immediately break ground and start building a home. And yeah. they don't understand like all the work that goes in just to getting to the point where you're able to start building the home. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. it's only getting harder too. Um, you know, everything from the permit process to the, uh, the energy codes to, you know, all those little pieces that come together. Um, before you're even able to put a shovel in the ground right. um, are getting a lot harder and taking a lot more time. Uh, as an example, the last two uh, spec homes that we built, the entry-level specs that we did in Port Orchard, or it's in Kinsap County, but in it's just Port Orchard address. Um, it was a plan, a floor plan that we built before, super familiar, super easy, pretty straightforward, cut on a lot that was a part of a plat, so nothing tricky about the lot utilities there all ready to go. Right. Mm -hmm. We apply for the permit and it took, uh, it took one week shy of six months for the permits Jeez. to get issued. And that, and that was about as straightforward as it can go. And that is just a building permit. It used to be three weeks and now it's, and that's Kitsap County. And that's Kitsap County. Is and Pierce slower? Pierce is slower. Right. I haven't, no, right. I have not applied in Pierce recently. Okay. I have one application out in Pierce right now. That's been about three months. Um, have you dabbled in King County at all? We have done one in, well, let's see. Yeah, just one in King County. It was, at, but that was actually city of Kirkland. Okay. That one took a hot minute. Um, yeah. We've done one in Island County um, up on Whidbey. That was, that was actually pretty quick. They're a smaller 
smaller jurisdictions. What about so, Mason County? How are they? Uh, I have not worked in Mason County. It's interesting though. I had a conversation yesterday with somebody um, that from what they were saying that Mason County is kind of now like arms wide open, like, Hey, like it's up, you know, bothering you. You don't want to put up with that. Come on over here. We'll make it real that's easy That's what I've for kind you. of heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was and again, I have no personal experience with that, but that's the, that's the story I was told at least. So are they the wild, wild west right now? They're, they're like, it kind of, kind of they're, well. And if you think about it, it, it makes sense. I mean, we're, we're seeing so much growth in gig Harbor and Port Orchard and Kitsap in that area. And, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, even Gig Harbor was kind of out there. Like we were a small town and kind of like, oh man, it's really far away. And that's, at least for me, that's the perception I have of of Mason County, right? It's like, oh, that's out there a ways. But as the growth continues, it's going to head that direction big time. And with people working remotely. Yes. They can ease. What is Mason County? An hour away from downtown Tacoma? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's not that far. No. Yeah. So and if you people work are just, remote, yeah. Downtown Tacoma is only an hour. For sure. You don't have to commute. Yeah. It's not a bad place to live. Not I a bad place to live. And itself. I think costs are probably a little lower out that direction as well. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of appeal. Waterfront yeah. Mason, Mason County doesn't sound bad. Let's go. Yeah. I'm here. And that leasehold got renewed at Cushman for, what, another 99 years? So that's really helped spur a lot of uh, desire to be out by Cushman and Hoodsport. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful area. Yeah. It really is Long nice out canal there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other insights on building? Insights? Pitfalls. Pitfalls? Things to look for. Things to... Yeah, let's think about Eyes wide open. Eyes wide open. I mean, head on a swivel always, right? Always. Yeah. And um, here's what I've heard with uh, like county and city inspectors and uh, the building and planning departments. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to attract flies with honey than it is vinegar. Because I've heard people that (laughs) get confrontational (laughs) with them. You know, they tend to not move as quickly, but if you are collaborative with them and yeah, I've heard that things can be a little bit easier. It can be easier. Um, you know, it, one of the hardest things when you're dealing, talking about dealing with inspectors and, and whatnot is Kitsap County, as an example, has quite a few inspectors. And when you schedule your inspection, you have no way to know who the inspector is going to be. And each inspector kind of has their own little nuance or, you know, things that to them feel very important. And so depending on who the inspector is, you never know, is it going to be, you know, are you going to be just bombarded with questions about your insulation? Is somebody going to, you know, really get on you about what's going on in the crawl space in the attic is, you know, somebody really focused on the energy codes that you, you know, the choices you made. So it's a little bit of a, a game having to, you know, plan for all the different inspectors, personalities, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I've had, uh, a framing inspection as an example. I've had framing inspections that take 28 minutes. I've had framing inspections, no joke, that took almost four hours. Um, and again, I think that uh, it, it just comes down to the inspector. Um, but as you pointed out, overarchingly, I'd say the best thing you can do is be friendly. Um, you know, attract yeah. them with the honey and uh, be ready to show pro be proactive while, even while the inspector's there, as you're walking the inspection, um, yep. you know, reaching out to subs that you need to come in and make corrections or making, you know, writing stuff down, like showing that you are present and going to take care of it. And, uh, also th- there's times where, you know, an inspector will flag something in an inspection that needs to get corrected and they'll say, Hey, I'm not going to hold you up, but just, you know, I'll check it next time I'm here. So as a builder, 
for the love of God, make sure you get that corrected before they show up again, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's no reason to piss them off unnecessarily. So right. just do what you say you're going to do and just treat people well. Like just uh, that, you know, that's just across the board. Just be nice to people, whether it's subs or clients or inspectors or, um, you know, permitting folks. If you're just a decent human being, it goes such a long way. And it's just, you know, when you go to them six months from now and ask a favor or you need help with something, it's a lot more likely you're going to get a yes and a willing yes at that than if you've, you know, been grumpy with people and treated them like, hey, you're working for me, not with me. Like, right. Yeah. Well, your background in sales has to help so much in that. Like, well, sure. I, I've known you for a long time. I've seen you in the sales realm way before you started building. Right. Um, I know how you treat people. Yeah. Um, in sales, in just in general. Sure. And you are a lover of people. Well, thank and, you. That feels and, good to hear. Thank you. And that goes a long way. It really does. Yeah. And, and you're right. Uh, I'm a, back, a background in sales and, you know, dealing with people day in and day out. And, um, you know, it's just a fact of life that not everybody you interact with in life is going to be your favorite person. And so um, coming up with tools and, um, you know, ways to approach those more difficult relationships is super important. And I think having a lot of experience under my belt has certainly helped with that. Yeah. If yeah. you treat them how you want to be treated. There it is. It goes a long yeah, I mean, way. Golden rule, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Golden rule for a reason. Yeah. And also be a good listener. So you understand what kind of personality type they are. So you know sure. how to interact with them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's real important. That you can learn a lot if you just shut your mouth. Yeah. That's I've, I, and I struggle with that. I like to talk, like I get excited. Yeah. I get passionate. I get real, you know, just jazzed up about whatever we're talking about. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just be quiet and, and listen. Yeah. 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 Well, with all that said, we appreciate you being here. Absolutely. This yeah. is fun. Yeah. First time ever on a podcast. I love it. So not the last. <laughs> I hope not. We got, I got a fun question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite hole in the wall restaurant in Tacoma? Oh, um, Hmm. I think I know the answer to this. Well, you, maybe, maybe melon seed. I mean, melon seed is good. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know that's where your head is. We, <laughs> yeah. We've dined there together. It's quite delicious. Um, Ryan long ago turned me on to uh, Dirty Oscars Annex. That's always a fun one oh, to go that's to. Oh, really too. Uh, yeah. Wife and I will go over there for a date night every now and then, and it's just kind of a cool spot. Um, MSM Deli. I don't know this one yet. What? What? Where's this? Sixth Ave. It's a Good sub sandwich. Shop. Oh my gosh! And I don't know about it. It's, it's like a New York style legit deli. Okay, sandwiches it's are been kind family of my jam. Run. It's so like generational family run. No way. Deli. Yeah. Okay, we got to check that out. It's a block away from a DOA. Really? Yeah. Okay. Other side of the street, just well, walk towards downtown. I guess I know where I'm going for lunch then. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for having me. This has been a blast. I really appreciate yeah. it. Episode 13 coming to an end. And yeah. you can follow us on, actually just go to allinuncensored.com. Yep. Go to allinuncensored.com. We've got a Facebook page, All In Uncensored. And you can follow us on iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel, too. Um, we're going to start po posting some funny shorts on there pretty soon. That is the plan. Yep. Spotify. You guys are on Spotify. We're on Spotify. Yeah. That's where I found it. You right know on. what today is? It's another great day. It's another great day. <laughs> <laughs>